after giving the food, I say in Farsi, uh, enjoy your meal. Mm. And then, uh, if that passenger has prejudgment about you, it disappears. It removes. The it removes. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's really tight on hearts. Hey, uh, I'm Johnny, and you're listening to the Reflections Podcast. Merhaba. You know, I get the question a lot after doing a bit of traveling. Where is my favorite place? And it is an impossible question to answer because every place and its culture and its people and its experience are all so different and it's hard to compare. But a region that I always do mention is Turkey. Before leaving Ireland, my perception of Turkish food was kebab, especially after a drunken night, which I do enjoy very much. But having been to various parts of Turkey, I can now appreciate the fact that there are so many different types of Turkish dishes. And I've been lucky enough to experience so much kindness from Turkish locals. I find it one of the easiest places to hitchhike. We experience some amazing hospitality. Tea, just sitting in, on the streets of Istanbul or in Cappadocia or in Antalya or even in a mountain village. So after an awesome couple of weeks in Bulgaria, from Sofia to Plovdiv to Varna and Burgas and everything in between, we headed down to Istanbul in Turkey. And we decided to try out couch surfing. And this is where we encountered today's guest, Burkay, and his lovely family and experienced the most wholesome three days possible. So couch surfing is such a cool platform to be able to meet locals and befriend locals instantly. And we really felt a part of Burkay's wonderful family. So Burkay lives the ultimate traveler's lifestyle working for an airline and every week he hops off to a destination unknown to him until he gets his weekly schedule and he explains to us all the ins and outs of working in the airline industry and every night layover he gets a wonderful four or five star hotel room but Burkay decides that he would prefer to stay with a local. He's someone with so much global knowledge and at any opportunity possible, he tries his best to understand and be a part of other cultures that he's dealing with. He's a bit of a cultural chameleon himself and whether it comes to eating, language, religion, gestures, lifestyle, humor, smoking, he really values understanding other cultures and trying to relate with them in their way. He tries to understand misinterpretations and stereotypes that don't really portray a reality of our perception of a culture. And thanks to couchsurfing, he's able to really opt for the cultural exchange. Despite of getting a free hotel room and free breakfast, he wants to go and live like a local for a day or two in his layovers. And this was Callum and my first time properly experiencing being hosted on couchsurfing. And it couldn't have gone better. This episode was recorded at the breakfast table, drinking some Turkish chai after eating our beautiful Turkish kevalti, served by Burkay and his beautiful family, who don't actually speak English, but really embraced this whole cultural exchange. 
It was a very spontaneous decision to start recording this, and I hope you can appreciate the fact that we really are immersed into the living room here, where you're able to hear a prayer call from the nearest mosque in the background, as well as Hadjar, uh, Berkay's mom, serving us some Turkish chai, including serving us some Nama, the best chocolate I've ever had, coming from Japan. So I'm recording this intro currently in March 2023, but what is really cool about looking back at this experience is since this episode, Berkay has made it to visit me and I was able to return the favor and host him in Cape Town. I'm so grateful to have met Berkay thanks to Couchsurfing and I think it's just such a beneficial thing to be able to be friends with a local instantly and be totally immersed into the culture of wherever you're traveling. Couchsurfing is not only free and an opportunity to really travel for a longer period of time on a, on a low budget, but it is all about the cultural exchange. It's a community and people want to be able to relate and have this traveler mindset while being at home, show off their own beautiful culture and food and language and history and really make friends from all over the world. Burkai constantly lives in this bohemian Jack London-esque adventurer mindset and Callum and I found it so beneficial and amazing to meet him and we are so glad to have and and listen to his global view and hear about all of the different types of cultures he's experienced and learned from himself. This was a beautiful cultural exchange and Berkay, I'm looking forward to seeing you again wherever it is in the world. Thanks a million for listening to this episode, guys, and see you next time. Now, uh, more or less same here. Money is everything. Money is the god. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because we live in a capital world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I have noticed here, which is so refreshing, I think we I, we mentioned this the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, in general, Western families mm-hmm. don't eat together as yeah. much. You know, and it's such a a ritual for that I've seen at least um, with Turkish families, and mm. you guys are example. Where you you always eat together, right? Every uh, meal. Mostly, yeah. Mostly. I think that's a consequence of just free, like, and I think it's a bad, when I say freedom, I say in a bad negative sense, like in the West, you're, because there's more capital, you can be reliant on yourself Mm -hmm. and that makes you separate from your family. Mm. Whereas the further you go East, there's more of a reliance on family. And you see that in Ireland, like big families, everyone struggles together, you know, like everyone eats together and they all eat back in Calvary, they all eat the same food and they struggle together but in the in the u.s and stuff because there's much more i'm not saying better standard of living because it's relative but like more well people can separate themselves from their parents and their family and they can live on their own and but then they i think a lot of what our generation is struggling with and um especially in america is like belonging and like a kind of unity between people there's no you feel alone Mm. Mm -hmm. you have your individual freedom to the extreme relative to other countries but you feel alone yeah 
I rarely eat alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just when I want to stay in silence, uh, if I focus on something like yeah. something about job or um, yeah, if I have some tasks to do uh, or studies, then I eat alone. Mm-hmm. Another, otherwise, all time I'm meeting with the family. Mm-hmm. How many couchsurfing uh-huh. guests have you had? Fifteen. <laughs> Now fifteen oh, well, well. host right uh pardon fifteen surfers. Mm-hmm. Um, now with you will be sixteen, but mm-hmm. some uh surfers drop the reference on personal references. Mm. Yeah, the first sure African did. and the first guest I hosted, and actually I was doubtful about my parents. Um, yeah, they're so so. I, were they completely open to the idea? I of asked them like. Would you mind if I host some person at the home, like travelers, they said. Okay, let's try. I, 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 I was unsure. Um, mm. Like, what if they say, uh, we don't want to host again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't call, don't invite anyone. How do you think And I invited this guy because I had no reference. I said, would you like to stay here? Uh, I'm new on code surfing. They said, okay, I'm coming. And who uh, was... Uh, that's how we say in Turkey, not better than you. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, was a really good guy and very sympathetic and he got along well with my parents without speaking English. Mm-hmm. Um, so after him, a week passed maybe and uh, my parents asked me, is someone else coming again? Yeah. <laughs> it's no problem. So cool. It gives them something to look forward to. Yeah. And, well, and they're such good hosts. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Like, like uh-huh. your mom's uh, skills in the kitchen yeah. are being... Uh, yeah. you know, she shared. Enjoys She's sharing her love. Yeah, It's yeah. a beautiful thing. She and enjoys cooking for someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially considering your brother is not at home anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when I was a kid... The, uh, more, the more the merrier. My, mm-hmm. my brother was older and uh, he was playing with toys and I was baby and I was in the kitchen with my mom so uh, when we grew up my brother was in school and I was in the kitchen and trying to cut the cucumber (laughs) (laughs) so I also love to be in kitchen yeah I can't say I'm a good cook um, but I'm interested to world cuisine and try to do something in kitchen Mm Like sometimes we prepare sauces or anything like soup or I'm helping her. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sometimes I'm just acting like the chef and you should do that. You should do that. I know. The yeah, yeah. So or, when, uh, when you were a kid, did you know, did you have any idea what you wanted to do when you uh, were older? No, I never thought about uh, working in mm-hmm. airlines. Mm. I didn't even know man works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we, New only woman works in the airlines. Mm-hmm. Um, so cooking was one of the plans yeah. in childhood. And becoming a footballer or football manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think many people had that. Many football fans yeah. had that. But I was very thin. And uh, yeah. my dad and mom thinks uh, easily my body will be, our arm or leg will be broken. Yeah. Well, you've but, had some trouble, right? Meniscus mm-hmm. and... Uh, it happened like two years ago while, yeah. while I played my ankle twisted yeah. and then uh, after in the army uh, hurt it again another yeah, knee yeah. 
So, you can only do so much. I think yeah. all of us probably don't have the genetics to be mm. professional athletes. Like yeah. you can't, you're bound by your genetics to an extent. Uh-huh. Actually, doing doing any sport professionally is unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah we force we our body more body. than the limits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Big time. So, yeah. uh, you know, Messi was shorter. Yeah, yeah. He got growth hormones. Kaka later uh, was about to be paralyzed. Mm. Uh, he was fallen and marathon uh, runners had they something have put their bodies through yeah Gareth Bale had the problem on the cervical lordos so I was thin and they said a thin guy can't be a footballer mm. will be uh, was your dream to play for Besiktas not strange I went to trials but they didn't uh, because in Turkey for the biggest clubs your father must give some Money. bribe <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah okay. Oh. And the biggest biggest clubs you cannot play easily, uh-huh. and for the small clubs too, if they play in the first division, like Premier League, uh, but for the others, um, it must be so competitive. In Turkey, if you go to play football in childhood, you cannot care about your lessons. Hmm. Yeah, you gotta go. It's not balance. Yeah. Very rarely, uh, Turkish footballers studied university. Yeah, or yeah. even uh, graduated high school. There's a training glorifying professional footballers that are like going to university it's really interesting I, I don't say glorifying in a negative sense but mm. I've seen it a lot in the papers they're not making that full on sacrifice like also no no they have their once they start their career they go back to university oh and they go oh. or they or even I've seen it in the rap industry like a lot of rappers who mm. are very I remember Marcus Rashford being highly commended and yeah, yeah, yeah for you know, mm. they're playing for Man United and Arsenal, but they're still but they've got finishing to be, all their exams. The they're role models, and they've got to be examples to you know, a lot of young kids that aren't going to make it. Yeah. Because you can sacrifice. There's like a real problem in the UK with like young athletes that don't make it, and they <laughs> they have to, like, they yeah. haven't studied. And what then next? They're, then mm-hmm. they're, like, imagine you're 90% on your way to being a really successful footballer. And to you, it's like Premier League or nothing. Because that happens a lot. Like, I'd say a lot of kids, mm-hmm. they're trying to go to the Premier League. And then if they don't make it, they're just going to give up. Because they put so much on the line. Like, it ruins you know, you. I'm fine if I take a offer from a club in the... Shop. Where they say... Iraqi. Chai. Like if I if I get a transfer offer from Bulgarian club, yeah, I would have played there. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind to yeah, play for the best the clubs. Just uh, football is football all around the um, world. Just yeah. from our perspective, looking for a career, like we don't know what we're gonna work as. How satisfied are you with your career? Like, do you you enjoy it? Or yeah, I do. Yeah, you enjoy the lifestyle. You're satisfied uh-huh. with where you are. So, yeah, how did you? know when you wanted to go into the aviation industry okay first uh like i told you i saw in the news mm-hmm. yeah a vacancy of Turkish airlines and they are hiring but just for women and my mom said check for another airlines you don't have to work in the field when you graduated mm-hmm. while you studied um then i said okay let me try and at that time i was hunting a job mm-hmm. um going to interviews and coming back, sometimes forcing the managers to have an interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then suddenly I heard, okay, let me try. It sounds like a cool job, traveling the world, mm-hmm. uh, well-paid <laughs> yeah. compared to other jobs in the country. Uh, requirements are matching with my skills. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I think I can do that. And first, uh, in Turkey, this job is uh, military-minded mm -hmm. with the hierarchy. Mm. Yeah. And then, okay, uh, I was doubtful on the first months of the work. Mm -hmm. Like after three months, I said I should do something alternative. I cannot continue to my life in aviation. And first plan was I'm gonna work one or two you years. You didn't in think aviation. it was sustainable. Hmm? You didn't think it was sustainable. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was the plan. Going to university again and mm. study something else mm. and try the chances in life for mm -hmm. another career. And then. So how uh, old were you? When you started? I was 21 or 22, mm -hmm. um, now 28. So uh, I heard the opportunities in the Gulf countries, like Emirates, Qatar, or Etihad, or other airline companies. So, okay, let me search on LinkedIn some cabin crews and contact them how things are going. Mm -hmm. And I observed the work as the same work everywhere, besides service and the procedures of the airline mm -hmm. uh, it's a little bit changing um, then okay let me try for this airline and this airline I sent the resume uh, applied to vacancies um, before get a job in Turkish Airlines I had the interview with Emirates mm -hmm. and I went there just to check because we hear uh, we I mean uh, workers in aviation we hear Emirates is the top point Mm. or Etihad is the top of the aviation so it's tough uh, you have to really convince the interviewers that you are the best candidate of that job so I was on the final Yeah. <laughs> I just went to check and I was on the final interview uh, then I couldn't pass it mm -hmm. because I expected to get more interview questions about aviation they asked me about customer care yeah <laughs> because it's very service the, yeah. service oriented yeah very service oriented um i couldn't pass it then i said okay uh let me wait for turkish airlines because some of my colleagues were applied to last vacancy and they all got the job there was a new airport here mm -hmm. and they will relocate uh the airline will mm -hmm. relocate the new airport and they will enlarge the capacity of aircraft, crews, everything. So we call it uh, migration mm. <laughs> from other yeah. airlines to Turkish Airlines. So I got the job. And before that, so I, what were the requirements? I, I, I was applied to Turkish Airlines once uh, years ago, and I couldn't pass the interview because uh, they were hired just 50 people. Mm. That was well, like yeah. Small, <laughs> so small. And when I get hired, they ha uh, they open the vacancy for thousand people. Yeah. And now on the last month, uh, they hired thousand more. Mm. And during the winter will be a new thousand uh, hiring process. <laughs> so um, with that job, I can live like Jack London. <laughs> and. I can. Uh, so who is Jack London? Jack London, an American author from San Francisco. <laughs> uh, my favorite author. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's writing the adventure stories, <laughs> mostly on the railways or uh, on the sea. 
or uh, drinking and fighting <laughs> <laughs> stories. So, um, so I can look like him. I collect lots of stories and adventures mm. and making international connections, international friends from all around the world. If I try to find on the world map, I'm sure in the seven continents, I have friends mm. <laughs> from Australia to North America, from South to Far East, mm -hmm. everywhere. So uh, I enjoy learning the cultures, music of the countries, cuisine of countries, and language is something I feel addicted to learn. Yeah. So, what in, were the in, requirements in the, for you to be able to work for Turkish Airlines? Uh, you should have a luck at the interview. <laughs> you should be in the mood in that day, mm. Mm. and uh, maybe. You should be in the same mood that you would be in if you were yeah. uh, with a customer or a, um, a similar energy. A bit like this, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you should be fully self-confident. Mm -hmm. Like, I will do that job. Uh, yeah. And I'm the best for your vacancy. You should choose me, guys. Uh, but you should be humble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And did and you see yourself as a self-confident person mm -hmm. before that? Um, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I think I was more introvert. Yeah. And uh, has the confidence, self confidence, only in my strongest uh, sides of my personality. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm strongest in the that skill, uh, I'm confident. Okay, playing football, mm -hmm. I can play with professionals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm confident because I know my skills. But uh, if you tell me, uh, speak French, I don't know. I don't know how to speak. So, um, during the interviews, um, for the other candidates, I think you should look swagger. <laughs> <laughs> They must think, oh, this guy will be chosen. Mm -hmm. He's the best candidate. And they must feel like, mm, okay, they are powerful. I will not be chosen one I'm not the best candidate you should give that psychology to the public mm -hmm. by your walking by your speech everything and they are watching you mm -hmm. you don't understand who is the psychologist of the airline mm -hmm. of uh, human resources mm -hmm. and they are watching you they are watching every single move of you like mm -hmm. you are looking at the phone mm, they have the data or you are playing game you are calling someone and talking Mm -hmm. So can you explain? You shouldn't use the phone even in mm -hmm. some uh, well, airlines interview. Can you explain more about how the hierarchy works when you work for a company, an airline like uh -huh. Turkish Airlines? Um, first of all, you have tasks. Like you, you are number one or number two, number four. Uh, you have your own tasks. During the okay, let's say pre-flight. We have at least uh, one or one and a half hours before the flight to prepare everything like emergency and the safety and the service. Okay, service is the last uh, in the priority uh, counts. Um, first, we look for the emergency equipments where you are responsible in 
aircraft. Like you are responsible to check toilets for mm. fire extinguishers, then you should check them. Uh, if you are the cabin chief, uh, you have your own responsibilities and mostly with the papers. Mm. Uh, you should uh, write the aircraft security search checklist and uh, contact with the captains. Um, and in Turkish, we are called Murattabat. I think it's an Arabic word. Uh, Murattabat means who uh, makes the contact and, or connection uh, by communication. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this word, same for the sailors. We say Murattabat. Uh, like Murattabat for the ships, Murattabat for the air, aircrafts. So our work is not only... Uh, serving tea coffee or the food mm-hmm. um, we have to watch and observe the passengers could be a hijack mm-hmm. so you should be aware of everything mm. if someone is going to toilets several times in two hours flight this person is not okay mm. you mm. see and understand something is wrong with the passenger mm-hmm. if uh, the passenger checks the first uh, front toilets and then after five minutes you see the person goes to aft toilets maybe uh, afraid to fly <laughs> mm. maybe feeling nervous maybe uh, checking some stuff of the toilets like how can I smoke here mm-hmm. <laughs> but smoking a cigarette may, uh, may be a big accident or mm. incident yeah. Have you ever had passengers that yeah, smoke cigarettes? Of course, many times. Yeah. Mostly Turkish. Turkish <laughs> passengers do that. And they say, I'm addicted, please. Uh, it, it's not in my control. I just suddenly smoked it. <laughs> I say, I don't care. You shouldn't do. There are lots of marks. And we announce it mm. many times during the flight. So uh, we penalize them, write a report. <laughs> <laughs> and in aviation, all the penalties higher than ground. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like on, in the in the public if you smoke cigarettes you may get a few hundreds of liras mm. penalty but in flight might be more than thousand dollars yeah. mm. <laughs> wow and yeah. going back to where you like you obviously where you are now and you've got your behaviors that line up with the role so before uh-huh. um you started your period in aviation how much of the abilities you use in that mm. role were already present and how much what weren't and you had to learn uh-huh so. uh, i think that's up to person uh, mm-hmm. i can't say all the cabin crews think like me mm-hmm. uh, most of them do that job for the money mm-hmm. okay it's a well-paid job and we have the prestige mm-hmm. when someone asks me where you are working or what do you do i say i'm cabin crew so they say oh, is it Tur- turkish airlines wow Mm-hmm. they say but for our life it's ordinary mm. just working in an a- airline company and you do your tasks you, on the salary day you get your salary that's it mm-hmm. uh, like any job um, for the most of my colleagues uh, they don't view the experience and mm. flight or in layovers, I, I, I still know many uh, many of my colleagues have lots of prejudgment 
when they visit a country, uh, like third world countries or undeveloped countries, mm-hmm. they have so much prejudgment about the people. Like mm-hmm. in Cameroon, when I walk in street, uh, they are coming and saying something in French. I don't understand, and they are doing this hand gesture mm-hmm. means money, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean they want money from you. They say, "Can I exchange? Do you need exchange?" <laughs> <laughs> Depends in which view you are looking mm-hmm. to those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some colleagues say, in Cameroon, all the people want your money. No, they're asking the exchange. Mm-hmm. If you can catch the word euro or dollar, you can understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that's one of the experiences, <coughs> a small one. Um, if you have open mind, to observe uh, the cultures. Mm-hmm. You can learn a lot from the humans. Mm. Um, like how they call you. Yeah. <laughs> By fingers or, or a whistle. Uh, or say, uh, hello sir, may I take a coffee? Mm-hmm. And how do you react to those uh-huh. different ways of, of being called? Yeah, it's up to your mood. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I I care, sometimes I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, your it seems like your open mindedness mm-hmm. helps in those situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in a flight uh, from Istanbul to India or Pakistan, uh, we serve tea, and no one, no passenger in this flight drinks black Turkish tea. They drink with the milk and sugar, without asking. Uh, would you like tea? Uh, would you like milk for your tea? Would you like sugar for your tea? Without asking that question, I already give the tea with milk and sugar, mm-hmm. and they don't ask me again. Give me more milk or mm-hmm. where is the milk? They don't say. But my colleagues, uh, like ninety percent of my colleagues, they feel lazy to do ask this, or they don't observe the passengers mm-hmm. in Pakistan or India flights or Bangladesh flights. They just give the tea. And one minute later, passenger take a sip from the tea and say, there is no milk. Hey, 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 give me milk. And the crews think they demand a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they hate. Uh, oh, I hate Indian passengers. They want so much. Mm-hmm. They always ask the sugar. No, you should be aware mm-hmm. how they drink the tea. It's part of their culture. Mm-hmm. They don't see Turkish black tea in their breakfast. They drink the tea uh, with ginger flavor, <laughs> mm. their uh, local milk. Uh, in some countries, they drink only condensed milk. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's part of their culture. Uh, once in a domestic flight, a kid, an African kid, uh, asked to my colleague um, the name of uh, African, uh, African food made by rice, uh, jollof. So kids is asking for the food like you have jollof, mm. and my colleague said what what is it like what do you say and asking mm. again jollof jollof, <laughs> the kid says jollof, um, he doesn't know maybe he had flights uh, dozens of times to west of Africa as most popular food, mm. in the Western African countries jollof rice, mm. so. Uh, he was like, I don't understand what these, uh, what these Africans say. I don't understand their accent. Mm. 
No, it's not accent. It's the word. <laughs> yeah. So I knew it and I said, ah, oh, sorry, kid. We don't have jollof rice. Mm. Yeah. And do you feel that your personality changes for every flight depending on yeah. what kind of yeah. pa- passengers you have? Okay. I can say uh, as myself. I have some uh, standard behaviors in flight. Mm. I can say I'm smiling to every single passenger. But uh, during boarding, I'm looking, uh, I'm looking to faces. Like, um, okay, a man is coming and a little bit shaky walking. <laughs> mm. He could be drunk. On last time, uh, on, on last flight, uh, we had uh, some passengers to a domestic city, uh, a city of Turkey, I mean, a domestic flight called Samsung. In that flight, uh, you can't see a Mexican, a Ukrainian, an Iranian at the same time. So mm. I understood uh, when I see those uh, guys, those passengers, their ears has some marks. They are doing a martial arts or uh, wrestling. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind, cauliflower ears. Kind, kind of symbol like I'm fighting, mm-hmm. and it's a big proud for the uh, martial artists or wrestlers. So I understood, in that city, there's a event or a, like competition, mm. international competition, and uh, it's all about your awareness. And Ukrainian guys were fucking drunk. <laughs> And they are teenagers and uh, probably got some vodka. Mm. They were so drunk. But uh, you know how to handle them. If you have the experience or if you, how, if you know how to get the experience of your uh, cabin chiefs or who, is, uh, who has the highest seniority in flight, mm-hmm. just when, when you face with the problem, you observe them. And uh, if they are clever working good then uh, you say okay when I'm the responsible of this flight I will do same do you have one boss throughout your whole job or does your boss always change depending hmm. on your flight uh-huh okay the De- team. depends on flight depends on the aircraft type depends on the um, flight schedule monthly flight schedule like if you are the cabin chief and worked in the last 12 hours you won't be on the next flight you will be off probably so um sometimes we fly together with the other crews you you had flight before mm-hmm. um i think this is most important side of the job um working with good colleagues or bad colleagues mm-hmm. passing passenger doesn't make a big uh, space in the problems you are the authority in flight. You can solve it. You should solve it. So, um, however, flight ends and the passenger goes home. But uh, you remember your crew. If you had any uh, issue during the flight, any trouble, you will see um, if your colleague is good or bad. Mm. Because without any problems, we do a daily routine. Mm-hmm. Just prepare the flight for the boarding, check your equipments, check the safety, 
and then uh, prepare the service, serve it to passengers, and again preparing for landing, and the flight ends. Mm -hmm. It's the daily routine of the job. But when someone had a heart attack, in that time, uh, you see who is good at, at the work mm. and who is the real boss. When they're encountered by yeah. unknowns. And pressure, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And important thing is uh, your problem-solving skills mm -hmm. and uh, working as a team. Mm. Um, if your cabin chief uh, is a nervous person or careless person, uh, that happened many times, like a passenger is suffering on board. Uh, she had surgery and uh, she has a bleeding and the cabin chief says, ah, nothing will happen. We're going to mm. land in 30 minutes later. Mm. Uh, you shouldn't say that. Uh, that cabin chief was not a good person. Mm -hmm. Not may Ah, okay. In civil life, out of job, she might be very well. Mm -hmm. But in the work, uh, we say work ethic. She has no work ethic. Mm -hmm. uh, this, uh, this is most important side of the work. Mm -hmm. Or a new, uh, new crew, a beginner, just working for a week. Um, they consider you as the example. Mm -hmm. Your every move in flight. If you do a mistake, they all repeat it. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It seems like... Um, you view your role and your work as a way of life. You mentioned earlier, um, some people in the role, they were doing it for the money or the... How do you think you got to the point where you have that view, that perspective? Okay, um, let me give an example. Mm -hmm. I went to Tokyo in the last weeks. Um, some crews never leave hotel. Mm. And in flight, they pay... Um, Minimum, maybe, if if they could find a discounted tickets for one way from Istanbul to Tokyo, they paid minimum uh, $500. This is the minimum price. Mm. With the campaigns and the promotions. <laughs> mm -hmm. So they pay for going to Tokyo. And I get paid for going to Tokyo. And uh, if I was in another work field, and uh, earning my life from another job, mm -hmm. I should have got the passport. I should have got the flight tickets and pay for the accommodation, book a hostel or somewhere, let's say, uh, in a ec most economical way. Or cab uh, surfing. Yeah, or <laughs> cab surfing, yeah. And uh, a return ticket, of course. Um, so how much will I pay? Uh, a few thousands of dollars for going to Japan from Turkey. And when I go there, company pays me low relevance mm. to spend there <laughs> for my basic life expenses, to eat, to uh, grooming or anything. So uh, actually in hotels, we can eat a breakfast, it's free. And some hotels we have three meals, sometimes two meals wow, free. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And when I go to Tokyo, why should I stay in the hotel mm -hmm. it's a chance maybe i will go mm. again 10 years later mm. yeah i don't know okay now uh, we can request some layovers it's not guarantee um, so again and again you can go to the same destination to have a layover mm -hmm. 
Um, so do you just take it as an adventure wherever mm-hmm. you go? And when do you get told where you're going next? Uh, one week before the month, new month begins. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, one week before. Group planners organize the schedules and sending us a mail. And we see uh, how many hours in that month we're going to fly, which days are off, which days are flight days, which days are standbys at home or at the airport standbys. Um, or uh, we have reserved days for tomorrow. I have reserved days and I'm going to call at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. For, uh, what's going to happen tomorrow? I will know it. Uh, maybe a flight or off day. Mm-hmm. Maybe just standby. Uh, standby is the worst. I hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are just sitting at the home and trying to waste time until the standby time ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the phase you're in right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Still, I'm on off day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Suddenly, you get a call on your phone or a message. You say, okay, the airline is calling me. Mm-hmm. And you check, oh, okay, it's my brother. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you can't sit comfortable in your home mm. when you are standby. Mm. And how do you anyway, deal with that? With uh-huh. um, living this nomadic lifestyle uh-huh. with all of these adventures uh-huh. on a constant basis mm-hmm. versus... Maybe settling down mm-hmm. in one mm-hmm. place for a while. And how much do you crave that call or that, mm-hmm. basically that call to adventure? Okay. Um, when I go to a country, if I fly first time, mm-hmm. uh, I thought I'm interested in world cuisine. I'm checking what the people eat there. And uh, if I have more time, I try to discover their music. Mm-hmm. Music tells a lot yeah. about the lifestyle. Um, you can uh, you can understand from the music uh, how they feel happy or sad. And I'm checking the w- simple vocabulary of the language, what they speak. Right? When I went to Ethiopia last time, I heard greeting word, just like hi, they say salam. Mm-hmm. In Turkey, we say salam or marhaba. Mm-hmm. And most of the Arabic or Muslim countries, same word, salam. Even in Israel, they say shalom, mm-hmm. rather similar. Mm-hmm. So uh, a local word touches to the heart of the local people. Mm-hmm. And as a foreigner, uh, when you say something in their language, uh, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine yeah. how uh, that changed the mind. Uh, like, I'm in a flight. We have, uh, yeah, let's say a Canada flight. There are lots of Iranians. And when I give their food, um, okay, first asking uh, kindly, like, would you like to have pasta with tomato sauce or would you like to have uh, chicken, Mm -hmm. (laughs) grilled chicken? And after giving the food, I say in Farsi, uh, enjoy your meal. And then, that passenger has prejudgment about you. It disappears. It removes. It removes. Yeah. 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 So, um, it's really touches on hearts. And I think maybe Nelson Mandela has a <laughs> saying like this. Uh, a good speech uh, can affect the public. Mm-hmm. But 
a correct word can touch the heart. It's he, he, said, heart. He, he, he said the something heart like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so th- that's about your experience and the weave of life. Mm. Yeah. I care about it when I work. So uh, how much is that intrinsic to you when you were bef- before you uh, began your time at in the airlines and how much was it learned? Mm, I learned a lot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which you cannot find in the books or mm-hmm. in the movies or so which you experience. cannot learn from uh, someone else just yeah. you can hear the experiences of the mm-hmm. other crews uh, like I had the instructor um, she was telling me like I, I, I was asked her like what was your favorite destination mm-hmm. your favorite country she was saying me Japan like why Japan she said they are so kind and clean and their culture interests me and when I visited Japan first time I remember uh, her uh, experiences about Japan and Japanese passengers um, or when I asked her uh, how do you feel when you go to a country which uh, doesn't interest you or where you don't like mm-hmm. She said every country has something to see, mm. yeah. yeah, something interesting to learn. Yeah, uh, you can see uh, neighbor countries. They are the same ethnicity, but they are killing each other. Or they are absolutely different, but they are very good friends. Mm-hmm. They speak different language. They believe in different religions, but the people are getting along well mm. in one country or in two countries. Yeah, uh, yeah, or. Um, once I was in Dusseldorf in Germany, uh, a stand-up, a comedian from Germany was saying, uh, in nineteen uh, uh, until nineteen eighties uh, uh, till the Berlin Wall collapse, mm. uh, they didn't need a wall, just you could put <laughs> red lights, mm. <laughs> red traffic lights. All the Germans never pass. <laughs> when they say the red light. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and once in the morning, uh, I was going to meet with a guy I met in Istanbul by surfing. We were going to have breakfast and I was walking there and I was late because of traffic lights. Because when we see in Turkey, the road is empty. There is no car. doesn't matter if it's red, just pass it. Mm. Um, okay. It's not a good act, <laughs> good mm. action. Uh, but we do it. Um, so I'm walking in the street and there's a corner I don't see if someone comes from there or any car or pedestrian and I said okay quickly I can pass and I stepped on the road the light is red and the German uh, old woman was walking from the right side and she was like (laughs) and I came back stepped back I said hi, good morning. And <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, she said, okay, good morning. <laughs> mm. Did she know you were from Istanbul where you've got yeah, to she, weave through cars she, all the yeah, time? Yeah, she, she got that. I'm not German. <laughs> uh, we waited almost two or three minutes. Uh, it, it wasn't a city square, just anywhere in the cellar, a back street. And there was no car, no pedestrian in the morning, like <laughs> 8 a.m., a Sunday, mm-hmm. no people in the street, just me and that uh, old mm-hmm. woman. Yeah. 
and I waited for two or three minutes. And on the next uh, next traffic lights, there was no one, but I waited again. Mm. I said, okay, uh, it's a big shame here. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you're a little bit of a chameleon, like you're always yeah. adapting uh-huh. into the places that you're in. Mm. Mm-hmm. And how does that affect how you see your own identity? Is it hard? How hard mm-hmm. is it to put your finger on who you are, not the person you are when you're in a specific place? Hmm. About my identity, um, mm. okay, maybe on my profile it writes like a uh, global citizen. Yeah. Um, let, let me check again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so is this why you use couchsurfing as yeah. well? This lifestyle that you live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Just to be able to, to understand more cultures. Yeah, and learning <laughs> cultures enlarge, enlighten you. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, global citizen. Yeah, it's the first thing I've written here. Also, my father calls me, you are the global citizen. <laughs> you don't have a uh, nationality. Mm. Uh, you can live anywhere anywhere on the earth. Mm. Uh, of course, I would miss Turkey and Istanbul if I live uh, yeah. like five years in uh, anywhere on the world. So, uh, And what do you think made it possible for you to be able to to have this lifestyle? Like... Do you think your parents were a big influence on you in creating um, this mentality? Uh, maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're living in the same home and uh, they know my lifestyle. When my mother ironed my clothes, she sees uh, a dirty mark of wine mm. on my shirt. <laughs> mm. And she knows how is my uh, working style mm. and uh, mostly white or juice marks on the uh, arms oh, arms of the sh- shirts mm-hmm. and if it's not clean as well in washing machine she says uh, oh, how was your last flight mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah. she can imagine I was in rush and uh, mm. yeah, filling the glasses <laughs> quickly <laughs> so um, yeah we are in interaction all the time and uh, they are asking me where I'm flying to. Uh, my father is following the flight numbers on flightradar.com. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes I'm coming to home in the middle of night and he's awake watching TV and he says, today you landed early. Mm. <laughs> I don't even know when we landed. When was our uh, planned landing time? Uh, he just says, you landed early today. Your captain must be good. <laughs> So uh, they follow my life. I interact with them in uh, in another way. Like if I go to Ireland, I will bring something from Ireland. Mm. Like if there's Irish chocolate or Irish whiskey <laughs> or something special from the country. Or if I bring a mini sculpture of Saint Patrick, mm-hmm. I will say this is Saint Patrick, uh, like a symbolic person in Ireland. Um, I will tell the story. Mm. Who is Saint Patrick? Why he's an important person in Irish mm. history? Mm. So this is our interaction. And how much has those um, that way of showing your parents um, other cultures and countries via your work? How mm. much has that facilitated something like couchsurfing? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they know I use couchsurfing actively and. Uh, 
Okay, when the flight schedule is published, they ask me, which countries you are going? Mm. And for the next month, I'm going to Malaysia. Mm. It's gonna be first first time I will see the country. And uh, my mom researched on Google what they eat in Malaysia, mm. where to visit in Malaysia. Uh, I mean Kuala Lumpur actually, mm. uh, because I will I will oh, see wow. on this. Yeah, Tashikura. and the, this is the chocolate from Japan, very mm. special one. <laughs> um, mm. So wow. yeah, like, like I told you, uh, I br I bring this chocolate <laughs> from Japan <laughs> and uh, bringing Japanese sake. <laughs> and the sake. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's good, yeah? Mm, that's delicious. <laughs> I never heard Japanese chocolate is good. Or... Oh my god! Mm. Yeah. What's this called? Nama. <laughs> Nama chocolate. I Rice quality. I tasted the chocolates of uh, Japan, uh, mm. Venezuela, mm. Ghana. Mm. Ghana and Venezuela has maybe best cacao of the world. Mm. And uh, Lithuanian, Belgian, Ukrainian, Czech. Um, Let's say Czech or Czech, uh, anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, German, Austrian, Swiss. <laughs> but I can say, uh, I can say Japanese is the best. <laughs> mm, yeah, this is some of the best chocolate I've ever uh -huh. had. And if you were to look back on your early days of your career, mm -hmm. what one lesson or principle would you have told yourself? Uh, okay. Uh, let let me let me explain uh, how we do uh, how my mother research and how I look for mm. someone to hang out mm. from coast surfing um, from days ago. I check the profiles. Mm. Uh, doesn't matter male or female, but I prefer to hang out with females uh, mm -hmm. in some countries. And some countries, I prefer to hang out with males. Mm. Why? Uh, because of the culture. Mm. Like in Pakistan, I hang out with the men. Mm. But uh, I was about to have a trouble. It's another story. <laughs> <laughs> a bad experience from couch surfing. But uh, then I blocked him and oh, reported really? to couch surfing and blah, blah. But uh, in an Asian country um, <coughs> like Korea, uh, I think I can text to anyone. But for Japan, uh, it's a bit tough. Couchsurfing uh, was tough. Yeah. Mm. Um, how to say? Uh, okay, let's compare to an, any African country. It's so easy. Doesn't matter, uh, man or woman, you can mm -hmm. find anyone. They are very open to host someone. Mm. Also in Pakistan too. Mm -hmm. In Iran, uh, doesn't matter who you will hang out in Iran. Uh, so, um, yeah, first I find some profiles, taking them to bookmarks and then checking their profiles. If I mm -hmm. find something interesting mm. when we meet, uh, I would like to chat and learn from that person. Mm -hmm. Not only about the culture, about his uh, personal life, interests, hobbies. Mm -hmm. Like first time in my life, I saw in Japan a golf studio. Mm -hmm. People don't go to golf uh, fields mm. to play. They in go the to a studio and technological, they play mm. golf. So that you don't mm -hmm. have that pre-judgment or that pre... Mm -hmm. or those misconceptions about the place you're yeah. going to work in or the people you're going to mm -hmm. um, service. 
um in the countries yeah it's it's the part of culture again uh but when you observe the people their working habits their mm-hmm. holiday habits uh everything's different mm-hmm. are more or less same because we are all human and uh, as you ask about my identification mm. i i i have a saying we are all humans we have to eat we have to shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the same, same mm-hmm. for all humankind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so. So having said that, mm-hmm. do you find that there's a difference at all between Western and Eastern thinking? Um, personally, I don't see myself in the East or Western side. Mm. Yeah. Uh, of course, I grew up as a Eastern uh, because uh, here is Turkey, and uh, I got Turkish mental the first, but after. Uh, carrying my self-development to mm-hmm. read more books and uh, watching some uh, art movies and so on. Um, I think I got a level in my life. And with the work, uh, it's boosted. Mm. So, um, yeah. About the couch surfing again, I can say, uh, after finding the people and adding the bookmarks, uh, checking their profile and thinking first, what I'm going to do in that country or in that city. Mm-hmm. Um, my main uh, goals, tasting the local dishes or local drinks mm-hmm. and visiting a few interesting places, mm-hmm. especially uh, auto. I don't believe in anything. I like to see different uh, worship places. Mm. I've been in a Sikh temple, in a Buddhist temple, in Shintoist temple, or Catholic Orthodox Protestant church. Mm. Um, so what else? A Hindu temple, mm. <laughs> a different type of Hindu temple, mm-hmm. uh, because some Hindus uh, believe monkeys are the holy animals. Mm. So you see monkeys all around. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're jumping on your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And also my mother researched and she says, you can bring these souvenirs mm. or you can taste this. Mm-hmm. It looks interesting. Or learn how, how is the recipe from a local person. That dish yeah. uh, from... Yeah. Malaysia or Korea, where, where I'm going to. Mm. So, uh, if I find a couch surfer who wants to hang out with me, um, we just meet first, and then, as I mentioned on the message, uh, I say, okay, can you show me this place? Can you show me uh, this uh, building, museum, or temple, anything? And then I try to uh, sit that person in a bar, in a cafe, mm. to chat. Yeah. Chat about the life. And until now, whatever I heard about the country or their culture, I'm asking mm-hmm. if it's correct or not. Mm. Firstly, stereotypes. Mm. Um, like, if I go to Korea... Uh, I really wonder, um, because of the historical relationships between South Korea and Turkey, mm-hmm. after the Second World War, during Korean Civil War, uh, Turkey sent some uh, army corps to South Korea to help them for their independence. Mm-hmm. 
actually for joining the NATO. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And this is the reason why Turks and the Koreans have good relationships. Mm -hmm. Maybe younger generation don't know, but um, old Koreans, they all know. When you say I'm from Turkey, they say, wow, we owe you our independence mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we fought for them. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, just going back to mm -hmm. when you yeah. say... <clears throat> I'm just giving examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> when when you said that you love to, to visit um, religious temples or mm -hmm. um, places of worship, um, how do you feel religion has changed generationally mm -hmm. in Turkey, but then also um, in places that you've, you've visited? Mm -hmm. I think religion is a motivation source. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what you believe in. It gives you motivation for the same needs of the humans. And hope. Yeah, hope. Firstly, mm -hmm. hope. Mm -hmm. And for future, some people believe to be in heaven. Or some people uh, use the religion for the advantage in life. Mm -hmm. But generally, um, I'm looking for that motivation. What motivates these people? When I visit last time in a Hindu temple, I looked at the... Uh, their handwork, uh, handwork, um, you say statue, statues of uh, Vishnu, Shiva, and uh, all their gods and goddesses. When when you see a symbol, on their gods, uh, a mark. Maybe you see a swastika. Mm. Mm. In Europe, it means Nazi symbol, mm -hmm. but in the countries like. India in Hindu temples or Buddhist temples yeah, it's a Buddhist in, in Japan all the temples has swastika mm -hmm. that could be a motivation for those people it doesn't mean they are Nazi it's dependent on interpretation uh-huh actually yeah. uh, it means uh, reunite the people mm -hmm. yeah motivation uh, the first thing I looked for and uh, if I have chance I try to see how they pray mm. Uh, once I've been in a mosque in Iran, very different than the mosques in uh, Turkey. Firstly, our sects are different. It's a, Turkey is a Sunni country, in Iran is a Shia country. And I saw the guy was praying uh, with different moves. Mm. In Turkey, we never uh, make the hands like this to... Uh, move them to the air like this mm -hmm. um, on the top of head and we, like never, we never look to sky or look mm -hmm. up in Turkey when the Muslims pray they are looking down mm. in Turkey we say uh, we are bending our heads and a little bit bending our body to respect mm -hmm. to priest to God to religion but in Iran uh, this guy told me, when I asked him, like, why are you praying like this? Uh, what's the meaning? He said, we never bend down. We never uh, think God will penalize us. Mm -hmm. We say, uh, we are looking at God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this hand gesture in Muslims uh, means, I beg you. Mm -hmm. 
and they back that like this uh they connect the hands like a cupped hand yeah like a cup and uh like i give from my heart mm -hmm. i pray from the heart mm -hmm. it means uh but in turkey okay some people uh connect hands like this uh we think um we are weaker than god mm -hmm. and we have to bend and we have to pray we have to back that's the mentality mm. as muslim country There's more of a paradise here is a muslim country the, too. individual yeah. and god yeah mm -hmm. and it's yeah. funny we were talking about this last night but each culture has their own way of just general gestures right mm -hmm. so um but one thing that we've noticed even just traveling the last mm -hmm. few weeks is what goes a long way when you can't speak the same language mm -hmm. are gestures but heart <laughs> uh -huh. so Putting i think one thing chest. that i try do when i'm chatting to your parents and just to thank them and, and mm -hmm. show that we're just so grateful for <laughs> the mm. beautiful meals they've cooked <laughs> and the beautiful hospitality we've received you're welcome <laughs> but putting the hand to the heart it um yeah. i think it just it goes a long way um and I'm sure you've experienced different types of gestures from people oh, on yeah. planes. Yeah, we 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 saw some different uh, lifestyles, but not too much. Uh, like, someone may make a funny joke in his culture. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense in Turkey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or uh, after using the bathroom, I see something unusual, and I know it's the culture of that person mm. Mm. so when they eat we use fork or spoons mostly mm. and for some specific foods we use the hands mm. like in the breakfast mm. um, we never eat the rice by hands but for uh, Arabic or for an Indian you should eat the rice by hand mm. <laughs> This uh, diversity, it it matters in which view uh, you consider that behavior. Mm -hmm. um, I consider is it it's something new to learn for me, mm. and but someone else may say, oh, they eat so disgusting. If you were to look across your maybe in your twenties since you've been on this journey of kind of career, but also just learning about humanity in general. In the way you think of your journey so far, are there certain like eras or moments where you've had um, very powerful realizations? Okay, I can. In I can, your I can, career, okay, I remember one when I was in Nairobi, Kenya. I saw in the markets all the people use their mobile phones to pay. Mm. Mm. Uh -huh. In Pesa. And um, as I know, first online payment system from Kenya. Yeah. So M-Pesa was revolutionary across mm -hmm. rural Kenya. Yeah. In Turkey, still nobody use uh, mobile payments. Very rare. Very mm -hmm. rare. Maybe just 10% of uh, people. Mm. Uh, like my brother is good with technological stuff, but he doesn't even use mm -hmm. most of the time. Just he use in the gas stations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. quick. <laughs> but in the markets for shopping, we don't. We don't. Uh, in Kazakhstan, I saw in the bus, we get in a bus uh, with my uh, couch surfer friends. 
he paid online. <laughs> mm -hmm. So these payments methods uh, unusual for me. Like I said, okay, we think as Turkey, we are on the front of, uh, as a development, mm -hmm. we are on the front of Kazakhstan or Kenya, but these people use online payment methods. Yeah. We They don't. They find a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or uh, most problematic things uh, for Turkish people when we go abroad, uh, toilet by deaths. Mm. Mm. Yeah, in Europe you can see, <laughs> <laughs> or if you see uh, a closet and the by deaths separately, but in Turkey, uh, by deaths and the closet. Mm -hmm. In Japan they have very technological closets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you feel warm. Yeah. <laughs> you can uh, change the. Uh, warmness and uh, <laughs> squirting level of the water. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. We just, I think the more I've traveled, the more I've just been humbled by how much I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, we're going to need to wrap up soon. Uh, but um, I'd love to ask you one last question, Burkay. Yeah. And uh, where do you see yourself moving forward? So mm. do you continue seeing yourself living this mm -hmm. adventure nomadic lifestyle yeah or do you think that at some point you might want to settle yeah i have i have a dream mm. uh, i would like to do my own business mm. in tourism field uh in the future somewhere in the southern hemisphere but i don't say it's a must uh it could be in south america or caribbeans or southeast asia or South Africa or Tanzania? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, South Africa is waiting for you. War, yeah, warmer <laughs> than Turkey. Somewhere warmer <laughs> than Turkey. And um, I would like to have my own backpacker hostel or mm. a pub. Oh, cool. Yeah, an yeah. Irish pub. Yeah, maybe an Irish <laughs> pub. Yeah, a Turkish uh, startup, the Irish pub in, in uh, Colombia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, very diverse. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> or... Uh, Another uh, goal, another dream, let's say, mm -hmm. um, you know, Turkish uh, donut kebab is popular all around the world. Mm -hmm. when, the, when you ask anyone, do you know about Turkish cuisine, they say donut kebab, mm -hmm. but we have more, oh, okay. especially uh, from my mother's hometown, we have uh, Turkish meatballs. Mm -hmm. I think in all cities of Turkey, we have different types of meatball. We call it köfte. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think from my mother's hometown, uh, we have the best mm -hmm. because known in Turkey, mm. it's Turkey white mm. uh, type of köfte. So I would like to do that uh, in any country, mm -hmm. and probably if I do a business in the food food sector, would be best option. South Africa or Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, because they eat a lot of red meat. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, these countries would be best options. And I think people will like. But uh, all, Turkish all the, cuisine all the, and Bry cuisine, they could go well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the Guinness. <laughs> with, with the Guinness. <laughs> um, I think my job helps me a lot to mm. learn. Mm. Like, and I can observe. How much Everything. do you see it as a that the job as a process towards your dream? Mm, maybe ten years later, I can. Mm -hmm. If I get a big profit on stock exchange, <laughs> <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we will see. We will see. I don't hurry up for this, but 
I would like to do that as soon as possible. Mm. And on the other hand, I have a good job to observe more mm. the opportunities in countries. It's and the lifestyle that matters, mm-hmm. not the career uh-huh. or the perception of the yeah. career. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a saying in Turkish, selling the snails in Muslim town. Mm. Muslims don't eat snails. Mm-hmm. But, so it's a weird, it's a weird uh, action. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like uh, your business for nothing or your work goes for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I start up a business, um, a hostel, I think it would be good in Cartagena, Colombia. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a route of backpackers. Uh, most of the travelers from Europe and uh, USA, Canada, uh, they go to Cartagena. Mm. I know that. Whenever I talk with the Colombians, they say, ah, go to Cartagena. Mm. So this and interaction teaches um, me. Con un poco más español, <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> and, but of course, it's gonna, it, it will sound romantic. I would like to realize that dream with the woman of my life. Mm. Yeah, it would be best. So uh, at least I can share the dream with someone. Mm. Mm-hmm. This would be better than uh, realizing the dreams alone. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> or I would like to do with my family, but it's impossible. They mm. wouldn't like to leave Turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they feel belong here. Yeah. Uh, even convincing them for going to picnic is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you can cook such delicious food at home, yeah. why would you leave? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Berkay, thank you so much yeah, well, for for chatting with us, and mm-hmm. thank you so much for having us in your your beautiful home always, with your beautiful family. Uh-huh. It has been such mind a, opening and yeah, uh-huh. humbling. And Just a beautiful experience, and I love making friends this way. Thanks. Yes. Also, I'm I'm glad to host the Irish. Yeah, we're your first Irish people, right? First Irish, yeah. First Irish. (laughs) First Irish people. First Irish, first half British, first Mm -hmm. half Hungarian. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. And your first was a South African. (laughs) The Uh, cycle comes back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Berkay, Tashikala. You're welcome. We say Bishaydil, like, it's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. And that was Burkai. I hope you really appreciated all of the insights he had for himself and got a little bit of a, an outlook into the, the couch surfing world. It really is a way to be able to feel like you're traveling wherever you are, whenever. Thanks a million for listening to the episode. I will chuck in a description to Burkai's Instagram as well as our link tree, which has the Reflections Instagram and other podcast material, as well as our book, Reflections, The Student View. And if you can, I would highly recommend making it out to Turkey. It is such a diverse, big country with so many different types of landscapes and cultures and really, and some of the best food I have tasted in my brief 22 years. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys, and see you next time.